Hello and welcome to Leftist Reading, a podcast from a leftist and I read things. Today we're beginning technically part one of the curriculum of Marxism-Leninism, which is a textbook being used in Vietnam to educate people on communism, where it began and how it has developed to the modern era. So let's hop right in. Part one. The Worldview and Philosophical Methodology of Marxism-Leninism Worldview refers to the whole of an individual's or society's opinions and conceptions about the world, about humans ourselves, and about life and the position of human beings in that world. Our worldview directs and orientates our life, including our cognitive and practical activities, as well as our self-awareness. Our worldview defines our ideals, our value system, and our lifestyle. So a proper and scientific worldview serves as a foundation to establish a constructive approach to life. One of the basic criteria to evaluate the growth and maturity of an individual or a whole society is the degree to which worldview has been developed. Methodology is a system of reasoning. The ideas and rules that guide humans to research, build, select, and apply the most suitable methods in both perception and practice. Methodologies can range from very specific to broadly general, with philosophical methodology being the most general scope of methodology. Annotation 47. Tran Tian Yu, the Vice Dean of the Department of Marxist-Leninist Theoretical Studies at the Le Duan Political Science University in Guangxi, Vietnam, defines three degrees of scopes of methodology. They are, from most specific to most general, one, field methodology. The most specific scope of methodology, a field methodology will apply only to a single specific scientific field. 2. General methodology. A more general scope of methodology, a general methodology will be shared by various scientific fields. And 3. Philosophical methodology. The most general scope of methodology encompassing the whole of the material world and human thought. Worldview and philosophical methodology are the fundamental knowledge systems of Marxism-Leninism. Annotation 48. In the original Vietnamese, the word li luan is used, which we roughly translate to the phrase knowledge system throughout this book. Literally, li luan is a combination of the words li le, which means argument, and ban luan, which means to infer. The full meaning of li luan is a system of ideas that reflect reality expressed in a system of knowledge that allows for a complete view of the fundamental laws and relationships of objective reality. Marxist-Leninist worldview and philosophical methodology emerge from the quintessence of dialectical materialism, which itself developed from other forms of dialectics, which in turn developed throughout the history of the ideological development of humanity. Materialism is foundational to Marxism-Leninism in two important ways. Dialectical materialism is the ideological core of a scientific worldview. Historical materialism is a system of dialectical materialist opinions about the origin of, motivation of, and the most common rules that dominate the movement and development of human society. 
Dialectics are also foundational to Marxism-Leninism, specifically in the form of materialist dialectics, which Lenin defined as, quote, the doctrine of development in its fullest, deepest, and most comprehensive form, the doctrine of the relativity of human knowledge, end quote. Footnote 1. Lenin also defined materialist dialectics as, quote, what is now called theory of knowledge or epistemology, end quote. Footnote 2. Note, epistemology is the theoretical study of knowledge. For more information, see Cognitive Theory of Dialectical Materialism. Annotation 49. For beginning students of Marxism-Leninism, distinguishing between dialectical materialism and materialist dialectics may at first be confusing. Here is an explanation of each concept and how they relate to one another. See Figure 1. Dialectical Materialism and Materialist Dialectics. Dialectical materialism is a scientific understanding of matter, consciousness, and the relationship between the two. Dialectical materialism is used to understand the world by studying such relationships. Materialist dialectics is a science studying the general laws of the movement, change, and development of nature, society, and human thought. See Figure 2. Relationship between dialectical materialism and materialist dialectics. And so we use dialectical materialism to understand the fundamental nature of reality. This understanding is used as a basis for changing the world, using materialist dialectics to guide our activities. We can then reflect on the results of our activities using dialectical materialism to further develop our understanding of the world. As Marxist-Leninists, we utilize this continuous cycle between studying and understanding the world through dialectical materialism and effecting change in the world through materialist dialectics with the goal of bringing about socialism and freeing humanity. It is also important to understand the nature of dialectical relationships. A dialectical relationship is a relationship in which two things mutually impact one another, Dialectical materialism perceives all things in motion and in a constant state of change, and this motion and change originates from relationships in which all things mutually move and change each other through interaction, leading to development over time. Thoroughly understanding the basic content of the worldview and methodology of Marxism-Leninism is the most important requirement in order to properly study the whole theory system of Marxism-Leninism and to creatively apply it into cognitive and practical activities in order to solve the problems that our society must cope with. See Figure 3, Ho Chi Minh Training Cadres in 1959. Excerpt from Modifying the Working Style by Ho Chi Minh. Training is a must. There is a proverb, without a teacher you can never do well, and the expression, learn to eat, learn to speak, learn to pack, learn to unpack. Even many simple subjects require study, let alone revolutionary work and resistance work. How can you perform such tasks without any training? But training materials must be aimed at the needs of the masses. We must ask, after people receive their training, can they apply their knowledge immediately? Is it possible to practice right away? If training is not immediately practical, then years of training would be useless. 
Unfortunately, many of our trainers do not understand this simple logic. That's why there are cadres who train rural people in the uplands in the fields of economics. In short, our way of working, organizing, talking, propagandizing, setting slogans, writing newspapers, etc. must all take this sentence as a model. From within the masses, back into the masses. No matter how big or small our tasks are, we must clearly examine and modify them to match the culture, living habits, level of education, struggling experiences, desire, will, and material conditions of the masses. On that basis, we will form our ways of working and organizing. Only then can we have the masses on our side. Otherwise, if you just do as you want, following your own thoughts, your subjectivity, and then force your personal thoughts upon the masses, it is just like cutting your feet to fit your shoes. Feet are the masses. Shoes are our ways of organizing and working. Shoes are made to fit people's feet, not the other way around. Chapter 1. Dialectical Materialism Dialectical materialism, one of the materialist foundations of Marxism-Leninism, uses the materialist worldview and dialectical methods to study fundamental philosophical issues. Dialectical materialism is the most advanced form of materialism, and serves as the theoretical core of a scientific worldview. Therefore, thoroughly understanding the basic content of dialectical materialism is the essential prerequisite to study both the component principles of Marxism-Leninism in particular, and the whole of Marxism-Leninism in general. 1. Materialism and Dialectical Materialism 1. The Opposition of Materialism and Idealism in Solving Basic Philosophical Issues Philosophy is a system of the most general human theories and knowledge about our world, about ourselves, and our position in our world. Philosophy has existed for thousands of years. Philosophy has different objects of study depending on different periods of time. Summarizing the whole history of philosophy, Engels said, quote, The great basic question of all philosophy, especially of more modern philosophy, is that concerning the relation of thinking and being. End quote. Footnote 3. So, philosophy studies the relations between consciousness and matter, and between humans and nature. In philosophy, there are two main questions. Question 1. The question of consciousness and matter. Which came first? Or, to put it another way, which one determines which one? In attempting to answer this first question, philosophy has separated into two main schools, materialism and idealism. Question 2. Do humans have the capacity to perceive the world as it truly exists? In answer to this second question, two schools, intelligibility, which admits the human cognitive capacity to truly perceive the world, and unintelligibility, which denies that capacity. Materialism is the belief that the nature of the world is matter, that matter comes first, and that matter determines consciousness. People who uphold this belief are called materialists. Throughout human history, many different factions of materialists with various schools of materialist thought have evolved. 
Idealism is the belief that the nature of the world is consciousness. Consciousness precedes matter. Consciousness decides matter. People who uphold this belief are called idealists. Like materialism, various factions of idealists with varying schools of idealist thought have also evolved throughout history. Idealism has cognitive origins and social origins. Annotation 50. Cognitive origin refers to origination from the human consciousness of individuals. Social origin refers to origination from social relations between human beings. So idealism originates from both the conscious activity of individual humans, as well as social activity between human beings. These origins are unilateral consideration and absolutization of only one aspect or one characteristic of the whole cognitive process. Annotation 51. Unilateral consideration is the consideration of a subject from one side only. Absolutization occurs when one conceptualizes some belief or supposition as always true in all situations without exception. Both unilateral consideration and absolutization fail to consider the dynamic, constantly changing, and interconnected relations of all things, phenomena, and ideas in our reality. Idealism originates from unilateral consideration because idealists ignore the material world and consider reality only from the perspective of the human mind. It also originates from absolutism because idealists absolutize human reasoning as the only source of truth and knowledge about our world without exception. As Lenin wrote in On the Question of Dialectics, quote, Philosophical idealism is a unilateral development, an overt development, of one out of many attributes or one out of many aspects of consciousness. End quote. Historically, idealism has typically benefited the oppressive, exploitative class of society. Idealism and religions usually have a close relation with each other and support each other to coexist and co-develop. Annotation 52. Idealists, in absolutizing human consciousness, have a tendency to only give credence to the work of the mind and ignore the value of physical labor. This has been used to justify class structures in which religious and intellectual laborers are given authority and privilege over manual laborers. This situation has also led to the idea that mental factors play a decisive role in the development of human society in particular and the whole world in general. This idealist view was supported by the ruling class and used to justify its own power and privilege in society. The dominant class has historically used such idealist philosophy as the justifying foundation for their political social beliefs in order to maintain their ruling positions. Marx discusses this tendency for rulers to idealistically justify their own rule in The German Ideology. Quote, the ideas of the ruling class are, in every epoch, the ruling ideas, i.e., the class which is the ruling material force of society is at the same time its ruling intellectual force. The class which has the means of material production at its disposal has control at the same time over the means of mental production. 
so that thereby, generally speaking, the ideas of those who lack the means of mental production are subject to it. The ruling ideas are nothing more than the ideal expression of the dominant material relationships. The dominant material relationships grasped as ideas, hence of the relationships which make the one class the ruling one. Therefore, the ideas of its dominance. The individuals composing the ruling class possess, among other things, consciousness, and therefore think. Insofar, therefore, as they rule as a class and determine the extent and compass of an epoch, it is self-evident that they do this in its whole range. Hence, among other things, rule also as thinkers, as producers of ideas, and regulate the production and distribution of the ideas of their age. Thus, their ideas are the ruling ideas of the epoch. For instance, in an age and in a country where royal power, aristocracy, and bourgeoisie are contending for mastery, and where, therefore, mastery is shared, the doctrine of the separation of powers proves to be the dominant idea and is expressed as an eternal law." End quote. Marx goes on to explain how the idealist positions of the ruling class tend to get embedded in historical narratives. Quote, Whilst in ordinary life, every shopkeeper is very well able to distinguish between what somebody professes to be and what he really is, our historians have not yet won even this trivial insight. They take every epoch at its word and believe that everything it says and imagines about itself is true. This historical method which reigned in Germany, and especially the reason why, must be understood from its connection with the illusion of ideologists in general e.g. the illusions of the jurist, politicians, of the practical statesmen among them too, from the dogmatic dreamings and distortions of these fellows. This is explained perfectly easily from their practical position in life, their job, and the division of labour." In history there are two main forms of idealism, subjective and objective. Subjective idealism asserts that consciousness is the primary experience. It asserts that all things and phenomena can only be experienced as subjective sensory perceptions while denying the objective existence of material reality altogether. Objective idealism also asserts the ideal and consciousness as the primary existence, but also posits that the ideal and consciousness are objective and that they exist independently of nature and humans. This concept is given many names, such as absolute concept, absolute spirit, rationality of the world, etc. Annotation 53. Primary experience is an experience which precedes and determines other existences. Idealists believe that consciousness has primary existence over matter, that the nature of the world is ideal, and that the ideal divines existence. Materialists believe the opposite, that matter has primary existence over the ideal and that matter precedes and determines consciousness. Dialectical materialism holds that matter and consciousness have a dialectical relationship, in which matter has primary existence over the ideal, though consciousness can impact the material world through willful conscious activity. The primary existence of matter within dialectical materialism is discussed further in The Relationship Between Matter and Consciousness. 
Willful activity, willpower, is discussed in Nature and Structure of Consciousness. The key difference between subjective and objective idealists is this. Subjective idealists believe that there is no external material world whatsoever, that what we imagine as the material world is merely illusory, and that all reality is created by consciousness. Whereas objective idealists believe that there is a material world outside of human consciousness, but it exists independently of human consciousness. Therefore, according to objective idealists, since humans can only observe the world through conscious experience, the material world can never be truly known or observed by our consciousness. In opposition to idealism, materialism originated through practical experience and the development of science. Through practical experience and systematic development of human knowledge, materialism has come to serve as a universally applicable theoretical system which benefits progressive social forces and which also orients the activities of those forces in both perception and practice. Annotation 54. Materialism benefits progressive social forces by showing reality as it is, by dispelling the idealist positions of the ruling class, and by revealing that society and the world can be changed through willful activity. Materialism guides progressive social forces by grounding thought and activity in material reality, enabling strategies and outcomes that line up with the realities of the material world. For instance, we must avoid utopianism, see annotation 17 and 18, in which emphasis is placed on working out ideal forms of society through debate, conjecture, and conscious activity alone. Revolution against capitalism must, instead, focus on affecting material relations and processes of development through willful activity. As Engels pointed out in Socialism, Utopian and Scientific, quote, the final causes of all social changes and political revolutions are to be sought not in men's brains, not in men's better insights into eternal truth and justice, but in changes in the modes of production and exchange. End quote. 2. Dialectical Materialism The Most Advanced Form of Materialism in human history, as human society and scientific understanding have developed, materialism has also developed through three forms. Primitive materialism, metaphysical materialism, and dialectical materialism. Primitive materialism is the primitive form of materialism. Primitive materialism recognizes that matter comes first, and holds that the world is composed of certain elements, and that these were the first objects, the origin of the world and that these elements are the essence of reality. These primitive materialist concepts can be found in many ancient materialist theories in such places as China, India, and Greece. These primitive materialist elemental philosophies are discussed more in matter. Although it has many shortcomings, primitive materialism is partially correct at the most fundamental level, because it uses the material of nature itself to explain nature. Metaphysical materialism is the second basic form of materialism. This form of materialism was widely discussed and developed in Western Europe in the 17th and 18th centuries. During this time, the metaphysical method of perceiving the world was applied to materialist philosophy. 
Although metaphysical materialism does not accurately reflect the world in terms of universal relations, see Principle of General Relationships, and development, it was an important step forward in the fight against idealist and religious worldviews, especially during the transformational period from the Middle Ages to the Renaissance in many Western European countries. Annotation 55. Metaphysical materialism was strongly influenced by mechanical philosophy, a scientific and philosophical movement popular in the 17th century which explored mechanical machines and compared natural phenomena to mechanical devices. Mechanical philosophy led to a belief that all things, including living organisms, were built as, and could theoretically be built by humans as, mechanical devices. Influenced by this philosophy, metaphysical materialists came to see the world as a giant mechanical machine composed of parts, each of which exists in an essentially isolated and static state. Metaphysical materialists believe that all change can exist only as an increase or decrease in quantity, brought about by external causes metaphysical materialism contributed significantly to the struggle against idealistic and religious worldviews, especially during the historical transition period from the Middle Ages to the Renaissance in Western European countries. Metaphysical materialism also had severe limitations, especially in failing to understand many key aspects of reality, such as the nature of development through change and motion and relationships. Dialectical materialism is the third basic form of materialism. It was founded by Karl Marx and Friedrich Engels and defended and developed by Vladimir Ilyich Lenin as well as many of his successors. By inheriting the quintessence of previous theories and thoroughly integrating contemporary scientific achievements, dialectical materialism immediately solved the shortcomings of the primitive materialism of ancient times as well as the metaphysical materialism of modern Western Europe. It reaches the highest development level of materialism so far in history. By accurately reflecting objective reality with universal relations and development, Dialectical materialism offers humanity a great tool for scientific, cognitive activities and revolutionary practice. The dialectical materialist system of thought was built on the basis of scientific explanations about matter, consciousness, and the relationship between the two. Annotation 56 Materialist dialectical methodology explains the world in terms of relationships and development. This is discussed in Basic Principles of Materialist Dialectics. And that is going to do it for this week. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or suggestions, you can email leftistreading at gmail.com or contact the show on Twitter at leftistreading. This show is hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Network. You can go to abnormalmapping.com to find this and lots of other leftist podcasts. You can also go to patreon.com slash abnormalmapping to support the network there and get lots of bonus shows. Our intro and outro music is Decisions by Eric Medias. You can find it and more of his work on soundimage.org. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening, and keep reading. <laughs>